Jeff, let, let's start with the big picture here. The Vikings won their home opener, which shouldn't be a shock. And then they lost Philadelphia's home opener in a very difficult place to play. I mean, you know, being one and one at this stage, there's nothing wrong with that. I will say this as we talk here on Thursday morning in Lions Week. I don't think anybody's ever called it Lions Week. We just we just started that today. Uh, this is the game you can't afford to lose. Lions at home. And it's probably not going to be the, the easy victory some people might have suspected uh, a few months ago. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree, Jim. And starting out with your statement that before the season, if you said the Vikings would split those first two difficult games, we would have said, yeah, that's what, what they need to do. And unlikely to go 2-0 and against Green Bay and at Philly. And so to split those is puts it, puts them, I think, still in good shape. And the better game to win was the game in your division against your arch rival. Now, yep. I, I, having said that, of course, you go to Philly, and it's not so much that they lost. I think it's how they lost that was a little bit alarming, that they were really not competitive. And uh, the defense who that looked really good in week one, against the Packers, had no clue what they were doing against Jalen Hurts and the Philly offense. And then offensively for the Vikings, Cousins had a, a clunker game and the three interceptions so costly as they had. I think they still had opportunities to come back in the second half. They may not have won the game, but they could certainly could have made it close. And you, you just can't throw two interceptions in the red zone. And really three inside the 30-yard line uh, when you could take field goals and chip away at the lead, as O'Connell talked about yesterday, and so did Cousins. So it, it was really a bad performance on so many levels, uh, not getting Dalvin Cook going, the offensive line not being able to open holes, and really having no clue how to handle the Philly blitz. And then defensively, just that soft-shell coverage that allowed Hurts to shred them with underneath completions, especially in the first half. He completed five to Devontae Smith, who was shut out in, in Detroit, and then four to Dallas Goddard. And that's nine catches for, for basically for first downs in the first half alone. It just the, the pass rush, they, they got a couple sacks, but they weren't getting consistent pressure. I thought that Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks did not have really good games, that they were just a step away from breaking up several several passes. And and it wasn't a good look for Ed Donatel, honestly, that he wasn't making adjustments to stop that short and intermediate passing game. So that's more the concern. And is it fatal? No, of course not. There's 15 games left. And as you said, a big one this week against the Lions, who are better than people thought. And, and we knew that, th that they've added a lot of talent to that football team. And they're pretty good. They're second in the league in scoring right now, 30, over 35 points a game in two weeks. And one of those games was against the Eagles, who the Vikings scored seven on. So it's going to be a, a, a challenge. I think the, the Lions are playing hard for Dan Campbell, the coach. And Jared Goff is a capable quarterback. If you get pressure on him, he can, he can make some mistakes. They're going to need to get pressure on him, especially with the crowd noise here. 
But you look at that offense, and they've got some weapons. Certainly DeAndre Swift is one of the top rushers in the league through two weeks. He, he ran for 144 against the Eagles. And, and that was one of the big surprises to me, Jim, that the Vikings couldn't get Dalvin Cook going at all. Three carries for three yards in the first half against that Eagles defense that had been shredded by by Swift the week before. So obviously they made adjustments in their run defense too. But we know, we've seen what, what the Lions can do when when Amon Ra St. Brown gets going and we all have, uh, I'm sure the, we know Mike Zimmer has nightmares from that game last year in Detroit, watching Cam Danso retreat into the end zone. So they better hope Harrison Smith is ready to go this week, or I think it's a big concern what's going on in the secondary. I am concerned about Mike Zimmer's health. I'm, I'm guessing he drank about eight bottles of celebratory wine on Monday night as the Vikings were getting shredded. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff, of course, the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, was in charge of both those organizations at their high points. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Thanks to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, Platinum Bank, and the Minnesota Lottery. Uh, check out everything at talknorth.com. Tons of great out, uh, outdoors content, sports content. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also go to talkwork.com, see all the shows and all the archives of all the shows. Uh, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. So the Monday night game, as you said, losing at Philadelphia, there's no shame in that. But it was really fascinating. And I think one of the reasons the NFL is so popular is week to week, you can see completely different coaching matchups, completely different uh, you know, points of emphasis from both teams. And, and even within what might not be a surprising outcome. You can see a lot of surprises. I thought it was fascinating that the Eagles took the complete opposite approach, Justin Jefferson, that the Packers did and said, we're putting our best corner on Justin Jefferson. And he's not only going to play him rough and try to, to, to limit him off the line of scrimmage, but he's also going to read Kirk Cousins. It's, it's so hard to do, Jeff. It's, it's so hard to cover a good receiver to begin with to cover a good receiver and read the quarterback's eyes at the same time, you hardly ever see that. Slay was great at that on Monday night. Yeah, he sure was. And uh, as you said, they did take the opposite approach. They didn't sit in the zone coverage. Now, when Jefferson was in the slot, Slay was not taking him. Right, right. Perhaps, perhaps that should have been the adjustment to run him more out of the slot in this game. And, and we saw him go out of the backfield. On, on one of the screens to Cook, and he's wide open. No one picks him up, but and Cousin looks at him, <laughs> and then goes back to Cook in the screen. That it was just an amazing play to me that Kirk didn't re- realize that hey, my best player is wide open, yeah. and, and they're loading up to to blow up a screen to Cook. It's a little bit of a concern from the standpoint that we've always said is Kirk too much of a, a, a structured system quarterback. And that was kind of a little bit of evidence of that fact. And perhaps he can come off of that read in the future. And I'm sure O'Connell's talking to him about that. Like, Hey, if that happens again, just flip it out to Jefferson. He, he's wide open. So, so Justin has some opportunities and, and there were several plays where he was open coming out of the slot and, and Kirk either didn't see him or didn't have time or he was blitzed. And so I'm sure they'll make adjustments. 
and and Jefferson has had some some good games against Detroit. We know that. So is Adam Thielen. That the Lions defensively aren't great, but that offense is is scary. A uh, very good offensive line, and they're going to have to make plays. And so it's going to be incumbent on Cousins to to make a big rally off that bad performance. And and offensively, O'Connell's got to help him. And with with certainly a, a better emphasis on Dalvin Cook which he already has acknowledged he needs to do. But, but yeah, it, it, was, it was fascinating, as you said, to see the Eagles take a totally different approach and, and put Slay on Jefferson. And then, of course, Jefferson runs a bad route on the first interception, letting Slay cut underneath him. And he just can't make that, can't do that. And if he, if he runs a, a slant across the goal line where Slay is, then at least the two of them are going to compete for the play. And probably be broken up or incomplete, or maybe Justin High points it, whatever. Uh, and then, of course, on the on the end zone fade, Kirk just was under under a blitz and under through it. So Jefferson will make plenty of plays. He's still a great receiver, and I'm sure it sticks in his craw. He's such a competitor that he'd probably like another another shot at Darius Slade, maybe come playoff time. <laughs> it is fascinating. To see in the second game of the post-Zimmer era, Dalvin Cook with six carries. I know you already talked about it, but two things there. <clears throat> Number one, I, I, whatever, however much of a passing offense you want to have, whatever offensive struggles you're having, Dalvin Cook's got to get the ball more. Number two, Jeff, and I don't, I haven't seen this or heard this from anybody else. This is just my personal observation. I didn't think. Cook looked quite right. You know, it looked like he ducked out of bounds a couple times when there were more yards to be gained. He didn't look really comfortable to me. Uh, I don't know if you saw it the same way. I, I wonder if he's got a, a little bit of a nagging injury that they didn't disclose. Because to me, he didn't look right. Well, yeah, he he didn't have a lot of room, and he dropped a, dropped a, a swing pass. And, and, yeah, I don't know what was going on. It, it wasn't obviously his best performance either. <laughs> with the with the drop pass, <clears throat> and and he was not alone as a culprit there. Madison dropped a ball. Johnny Munt dropped one, and of course there was the killer drop by Irv Smith Jr. when he gets behind the defense. If he makes that play, all of a sudden scores a touchdown. It's twenty one fourteen in the second quarter. Totally different game, and so. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I I think that Dalvin did not look great <clears throat> in that game. And whether it was that he just didn't have any room or he was stuffed early and just got frustrated, but he's, he's one of the team leaders. He's got to rise above that too. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, interesting approach this week. Obviously it's a short week. Uh, they probably got home early Tuesday morning from Philadelphia, knowing they have a game this week uh, on Sunday at home against the Lions. Uh, those are difficult circumstances for an NFL team. And it sounds like O'Connell is taking it easy on them uh, this week. Do you think that's a good idea? Well, I, I would say it's questionable, honestly, when, when you have a coming off a game where, where there were so many miscues and busted coverages, such as on the 53-yard touchdown pass and walkthroughs. I just don't know how much benefit you, you get in a walkthrough necessarily compared to a practice and they had to, they had Tuesday off after after getting back late that that night. So by Wednesday, maybe you move practice back a little bit, but or have a shorter practice. Now he he did say they're going to have more more reps in in uh, in the Thursday practice and probably in the Friday practice too. So it, it might pan out okay. And he's trying to follow uh, 
what Sean McVay's game plans were in L.A. So I, I understand that. But I think coming off of a performance like that, it's a little questionable when there were so many miscues and misplays and, and not to be on the practice field on, on a Wednesday. Uh, it's, it's questionable. We'll see. And it, it better not be because they're underestimating Detroit. Cause, and I'm sure they're not because they, all they had to do was put on the tape and, and see how explosive they are offensively, even if their defense has been a little suspect in the first two weeks. So we'll see. It, it was, I thought it was unusual. It kind of opened my eyes. And I know it opened your colleague Mark Craig's eyes, <laughs> too. We were talking about it and, and said, no wonder the players love Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into a little more on the matchup. Let's talk about what's going on around the league, and we will do our NFL picks. As I always say, we're not trying to influence you on how to bet any of your actual money. We don't want you to, we're not, we don't want you to lose money on our account. We use the picks as a way to talk about the different games and matchups around the league, and there's some fascinating ones this week. Uh, check out TalkNorth.com, Cheryl Reeve, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, uh, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, Michael Russo, uh, outdoor content, Mike Grimm, uh, Boyce Olson, Dave Lee, just tons of good stuff. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. And uh, thanks also to our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Gutrell. And their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Plus, check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. Don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. And White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC is a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. TalkNorth.com would also like to thank Minnesota Lottery. It's the time of year to go big, to grab your passion by the horns, to let your purple flag fly. The Minnesota Lottery's Vikings Big Ticket Scratch Game is here to help you do just that. With $10.2 million in total cash prizes, you'd think that's as big as it gets. But the ticket is so large, it has huge second-chance prizes, too. So say I'm in. Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to go big. And we'd also like to thank Platinum Bank. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Happy to talk about our great sponsor. Platinum Bank is your bank a partner or simply a provider. In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Market President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. 
Platinum Bank providing a means to a dream. So let's get a little more into the Vikings defense. Uh, obviously, they did very well against the Packers offensive line that wasn't uh, completely whole against the Packers receiving unit that dropped a long touchdown pass and didn't make many plays. Boy, uh, you know, how, how much do you give the Eagles credit for being a dynamic team and how much do you think the Vikings just didn't defend them very well? Uh, it's obviously a combination and, and truly we, we know that, and we've learned long ago that you're never as good as you think you are when you win and you're never as bad as you think you are when you lose. And, and life in the NFL is a roller coaster. That's never been more accurate of a statement than these first two games this year. And so now we'll see where things go from here. And I think it was a combination. I think Jalen Hurts played terrific, obviously, but they had to know going in and they did know going in that he's capable of running. He'd had a lot of, uh, uh, he had a 90 yard rushing game against Detroit in the opener, which certainly Kirk Cousins is not going to repeat this Sunday, but, but we, we knew that uh, everybody knew that Hertz could run and could escape and that he also had some excellent receivers and, and the, the perhaps a little mild surprise was they did a pretty good job on AJ Brown, maybe too much attention to him because it ended up being that Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, hurt them badly and A.J. Brown not so much in this game. So, yeah, it, it's definitely a combination. The Vikings did not play well in the secondary. They had the busted coverage by Bynum and Dantzler. Bynum's fault, not not taking the deep man, Quez Watkins. And so give Philly credit for identifying that possibility and, and sending Watkins deep on that play. Hurst recognized it and made so many good underneath throws. But again, too many wide open receivers. And Patrick Peterson talked about that this week, just said, hey, we, we've got to tighten up our coverage even in a zone. So it was a combination of factors. I think if they played them again, it would be a, a much closer game and the Vikings would make the adjustments they need. But Ed Donatel certainly needs to come more quickly with adjustments than what he did in that, in that Detroit game. And with that soft shell coverage just was not working in this particular instance. To talk about what's going on around the league, we can almost this week talk about one game, Bills against the Dolphins. Uh, Leslie Frazier, obviously Josh Allen's having a great year. Stephon Diggs has been incredible ever since he went to Buffalo. He and Allen have a, a just a, a, you know, one of those telepathic relationships where they always know each other, other is. It's fascinating to watch. But Leslie Frazier, our guy Leslie Frazier, has that defense playing extremely well, even with some unproven cornerbacks. And now they go up against great receivers, uh, a really good offensive coach uh, with the Dolphins, Tua playing well, and a team that might end up winning the East. Well, not win the East. Uh, that might end up being the second playoff team from the East in the Dolphins. Uh, assess what's going on with those two teams for me. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, should be an exciting game. And, and Buffalo has looked terrific in the first two weeks. They went on the road against the Super Bowl champion Rams and then throttled last year's top AFC seed Tennessee, just clobbered them on Monday night. And Josh Allen, as you said, Diggs looks great. Josh Allen looks like an MVP right now. And and that sets up as a, as a great matchup with Miami. I just think the big question for everyone is going to be, can Tua – follow up a, a six touchdown performance against what we thought was a decent defense in Baltimore 
and go against Buffalo, which is a, a very good defensive team, has a good pass rush, and with Von Miller kind of leading the charge there, can can Tua have a repeat performance? It'll be in the heat down in Miami, which would be an advantage to the Dolphins, but it is early in the season, so less so. But, yeah, you look at that Miami offense, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell got to scare everybody. And so it's going to be an exciting game. Just thinking about Hill and Waddell, they combined for 22 catches for 361 yards and four touchdowns in Baltimore. That, that's incredible. But Oh, it is. And, and so much fun to watch, too. I, I just, you yeah. know, I mean, and I don't know if you've seen McDaniel's interviews. Uh, boy, what a what a fun guy to have as your head coach. You know, he's self-deprecating, gets along with his players. He seems to love Tua. Uh, he's very innovative, and that team is a blast right now. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And kind of reminds reminds us a little bit of O'Connell, too, in that respect. That, and O'Connell kind of fell on the sword, say it's on me. He said, it's on me what happened on Monday night. And, and yeah, I, I think the, the Dolphins coach is, is kind of a, a similar mode. And we'll just see. I, I, I would still take – I'm not going to pick against the Bills at this stage of time against anybody because they, they just look like the best team in the league. But I think Miami should be competitive in this ball game. It'll be a fun game to watch. No doubt about it. So let's get to our picks. And, again, we do the picks as a, a mechanism by which to talk about a lot of different teams and matchups around the league. We don't pick against the spread because we're doing this more just for fun and information purposes. But let's start with the Ravens at the Patriots. Uh, you know, And I think we know who we're both going to pick, but it is fascinating to see the Patriots kind of, just kind of, you know, their post-Brady backslide into just being an average team. Yeah, they are. And they, they, they did get a, a pretty good win last week. And where a lot of people were, were picking them to get beat, mm-hmm. but but in Pittsburgh, but I think that that yeah, you you gotta figure Baltimore is going to have a bounce back performance. Lamar Jackson is going to going to bounce back, even even if it's on the road. And yeah, I, I just think the Patriots look like an average team this year. Baltimore, we'll see, but they still have Lamar Jackson and. He's he's terrific, and I, I think that Baltimore will, will get it done. But I, I think that that's going to be a close game. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I will take the Ravens though, and I do love the way that Rashad Bateman is playing with Jackson. I think I think Jackson's on his on his way to another MVP candidacy. Uh, Rams against Cardinals. Rams, you know, not surprisingly, kind of righted themselves last week. The Cardinals won a spectacular comeback against the Raiders with Kyler Murray just running all over the place, making crazy plays. Uh, who do you like in this one? I, I, I do like the Rams. I just think they're a better football team than the Cardinals, even though, as you said, Kyler Murray led that comeback against the Raiders and down 23-7 entering the fourth quarter and then leads the comeback, and they had to make two two-point two conversions, and, and then they win in overtime on a, on a fumble return, a long fumble return. I, I think the Rams – will find a way to get this win, but it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way. We'll see. I'll, t- I'll take the Rams. I think they're just a better coach team, and I think that shows up when these two teams play. Uh, Packer, now we have two, really three fascinating games, including the Vikings game, starting off with Packers against the Bucks. 
Yeah, the Bucks uh, have no Mike Evans this week from his suspension after the fight in New Orleans, and and but they did get over the hump with beating their 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 big rival, the Saints, who had beaten Brady four straight times. I, I just don't know that he's got enough weapons, Brady, on offense. But that Bucks defense is very good, <clears throat> and and I expect them to give Aaron Rodgers and the Packers a lot of trouble. I think this is a close game to call, but I'm I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Bucks at home. I'm thinking the same thing. I just think Brady gets it done. I just don't the fact that the Packers ran right over the the Bears and what uh, what looks like a bad Bears team doesn't really impress me. I will take Tom Brady to figure it out. It will, well, Tom Brady and Todd Bowles to figure it out at home. I think Bowles uh, is building really an excellent defensive team down there. All right, Bills at Dolphins. Uh, early season heat in Miami. Uh, but the Bills have, are probably the superior team. Who do you like in this one? I, I do like Buffalo. I, I just don't think you can pick against the what is the best team in the league right now. Kansas City is close, but but and and they're going to play each other in a few weeks. But but Buffalo is just a, is just riding so high offensively, defensively, and I think that they'll get pressure on on the Dolphins on Tua, force maybe a mistake or two. So I, I would take Buffalo in this game despite the heat. I, I, I think early in the season, I don't think it's as big a factor because it's been warm everywhere. Right. And, and I agree with you. I do think one thing to watch, though, in this game is is Waddle and Hill against – if the Bills have a weakness, their cornerbacks are not great in coverage. So this could be really interesting, especially if the Bills aren't completely healthy at safety. So I could see this being a crazy game, and I and hope it is because we've seen a lot of fun, crazy games already this season. All right, now Vikings – at home against the Lions on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, first of all, it'd be nice if that Bills-Dolphins game was on Sunday night instead of 49 at Denver. <laughs> I know. What a terrible but, decision. Yeah, but that's the way it rolls sometimes. Or, or even the Monday night game, the Cowboys at the Giants, although the Giants yeah, are surprised, and we'll see if they can hold up. The Vikings and the Lions, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a close game. And – I think whatever the the spread was seven points, it seems like a little a little steep uh, for a Detroit team that has played tough the first two weeks and lost to Philly by three points. A team that that dominated the Vikings, even though the Vikings didn't play well, we know that and could have played them much closer. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a it's a close game. I think the Lions are going to score points. The Vikings need to score some points in this game too, and I think they will. So I'm going to say the Vikings win on a late Joseph field goal. Yeah, I think it's a close game. I think the Vikings win and find a way to pull it out. But one thing we need to watch for as the see, as the week progresses, Harrison Smith concussion. If uh, you if Lewis Seen and uh, and Bynum are your safeties, then that might be the swing point. But if if Smith comes back and can play and play well, that might give the Vikings the edge they need. All right, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, thanks to Brian Burdett, our producer. Thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore, Platinum Bank, and Minnesota Lottery. Jeff, give us a final thought. Yeah, I just think a, a final thought is that you look at that Lions team and the most recent draft choice, Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall pick, three sacks last week. And so he, he's performing. DeAndre Swift, a recent fairly high draft pick. So they've done some good things with, with picking players, and, and I think that's impressive. And the big question is going to be, can the Vikings rebound and, and not have a hangover from a bad game on a short week? <clears throat> and as we said, I think they can. 
but it's going to be important and I think a big way to, to, to help their cause and slow down that Lions high-scoring offense is to get Dalvin Cook going. We talked about that earlier. He just has to have more carries. He's only carried the ball 26 times in two games. That's not enough for a, a lead back, a, a back making whatever, 12 to $15 million a year. He's got to get the ball more. And so that'll be the big question. And the big thing to watch this week is how, how they perform. And, and O'Connell has said that they're going to bounce back. Well, we'll see. I think this is a good early test. No doubt. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. Check out all the other shows. And Jeff and I will be back to, to analyze this Vikings game next week. <laughs>